Matt Stepp, it's Thanksgiving. Can we get your best turkey impression? Step and step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Thanks for being Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. And happy Thanksgiving from your from your friends. Happy Thanksgiving. It's, it's also Step birthday season. Oh, that's right. Your birthday's around here. When is it? Friday. Oh, yeah. a football Friday on mm. your birthday. Those it, are the, what a, what a great birthday one. for me, right? Yeah, like the dates, like the years it falls on a Wednesday, you got to be like, what the hell? Yeah, I know. Like, who exactly. could possibly the, care? You know, it's a good year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it is a good year. Going to celebrate by watching football. I love it. I love it. Okay, can we talk about this? <clears throat> no, no Thanksgiving Day games? Are you bumming a little bit? Yeah, I'm bummed. I like a Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving night mm-hmm. high school playoff Thanksgiving seven thirty. You know, any no. stadium in the state. Because like by six o'clock, you're tired of your family. Kind of over. You're just kind of over them all. You, you've already eaten most most people. Mm-hmm. That that's a good debate. What is the optimal time for Thanksgiving meal? Here is it varies by because my when I was a kid growing up, my my mom liked to have Thanksgiving dinner like early. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have it done before the Cowboy game. Before the Cowboy game. Yeah, she wanted to have it done like like around 2, 2.30, right before the game. But like my wife's family, they're like 5 o'clock mm. people. So we're, We split the difference. We're, we're about 3.30. We want to my, – my memories of growing up are that I would nap during the Cowboy like halftime show. Like I'd be on the couch mm-hmm. during the Cowboy halftime show. So that's like what? That will be like a 3.30, like 3 or 3.30 like dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Take your time. Mosey through it. Five o'clock nap, right? Five to six, you wake up, it's the middle of the third quarter. That's yeah. the perfect Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. is you're waking up from a nap, and it's the middle of the third quarter of the Cowboy game. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I wish one program, I talked with a couple of coaches this weekend who both said, like, yeah, we, to- we thought about it. Like, we toyed yeah. with it, but it's like, it's, I, I think it's it. all, I like to have a Thanksgiving night. Yeah. Game. Like I said, Thanksgiving night, nobody's doing anything. Like, We're going to watch watch the Egg Bowl, watch yeah. Sunday night football. Get yeah. out of here. Who's playing Sunday night? Thursday anyway? night. Yeah, or what, Thursday night. I yeah, it's like the, it's the Vikings and the Patriots this week. All right. Who could possibly care? Yeah. Seriously. The, the Egg Bowl? I mean, other than one, that one time the, the guy from Ole Miss, like. Lift his leg. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, this is your regional semifinal Thanksgiving preview. You're listening to this instead of talking to your family. We do thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, coming up in here in just a little bit, we're going to recap uh, a wild and woolly and interesting area round of the Texas high school football playoffs. A lot to get to in there. Uh, but we will start, Matthew, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Oh, mm. yes. Sweet, clean Country Meats whose read I definitely have in front of me. And I'm not just vamping. I'm telling I'm just saying that because I just love country meats. And I want to you want to get it right. I just want to describe it in ways that I uh, that that I can appreciate because again, I've got the read right here. Why would you suggest otherwise? Thanks to our friends at Country Meats for being the official sponsor of the show. They're avid football fans and like us know that equipment isn't cheap. That's why they make fundraising easy and accessible to anyone from peewee teams to high school varsity. 
Head on over to countrymeats.com and use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's promo code STEPP10 at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. I don't think they have a turkey meat stick, but if they did, I bet it'd be really good. I bet it'd be tasty. I bet it'd be tasty. Thank you, Country Meats. We do love you very much. Matt Step, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. There are five teams, five UIL 11-man teams that have been playing football since at least 1955 that are in the third round of the playoffs for the first time. Do you know? How many can you name? <coughs> um, I, I think you know one off the top. Yeah, Anna. Anna. Anna yeah. is in the third round for the first time ever. They started in 1913. That's crazy. Um. Oh, Palmer. Palmer. Yeah, Coach Waddle told me that mm-hmm. uh, when we interviewed him. Palmer. Palmer has never been in the third round of the playoffs. They've been playing since World War II. Um. Not Keller. No, we talked with Keller made it in 1966. Talk with talk with uh, Stralo today, former cop Helg. What paradise? Paradise, no. They uh, they started playing football in 1971. This is their first time. Ah, okay, okay. Um, has New Home? I don't know what New Home did in six man, but I know in. So in I do not know. I don't have a great record of New Home in six man football, but okay. they they do count for the for the sake because they are they played 19 started 1955. They have never played in the 11 man ranks. And by the way, I think they got a shot against Clarendon next this week. I think they do too. Mm-hmm. I think they do too. Um, there's one. There's one that I would categorize as perhaps the biggest surprise to be here, or one of them. No, it's not, not true. Spearman. No, they uh, made third. No, round. they made like they're only in like a semifinal at one point, right? Yeah, I think so. The other two. Yeah, I'm I'm stumped. Harmony has never made it. Been playing since 1948. Okay, Harmony. And the mighty pirates of Sims Bowie. Ah, okay. Have okay. never made the third round of the playoffs. Really? Which is a little interesting to me. But yeah, they've been playing football since 1946. Never made the third round of the playoffs. So there you have it. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. There is some new blood. There's some new blood here, uh, which is which is fun. And then you add in places like Brownsville Veterans Memorial, who like yeah they haven't been around a long mm-hmm. time, but third round Montgomery Lake Creek. Yeah. Same thing. Um, it's been a while since Lake Worth's made it, haven't they? Lake Worth's 2000. Yeah. yeah. 2000. I like it. Uh, I like when we get some new blood. We do. We got some new blood. Got some, some, uh, some blue bloods, but we got some new blood as well. So there it is, your Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. So for our area round recap, Matthew, here's what I'm going to do. I have the – I'm holding in my hand the Post-it note that I wrote the, the games on that we picked last week. Okay. Let's just run through them real quick. All right. And then we'll kind of do some cleanup after that. Highland Park and Geyer. Turned out to be pretty pretty interesting. It was interesting. I'll tell you this. I can tell you this now because we're off the air. So that game was on Bally. I'm sitting there at the studio watching the game. And it gets to, like, they're getting to halftime. And it's, like, going to be 28-28 at halftime. And I gotta be, I'm not trying to say this because I thought that because I, I think I'm some sort of, like, football genius or anything like that. I was looking at this game and the way it was playing out. I'm like, man, this feels like Highland Park's on borrowed time. It really did. Really see, I, I wasn't watching the game. I was, I was only follow, following mm-hmm. uh, the tweets. Yeah, and so I was like, man, Highland Park's going to hang around this game in the fourth quarter and pull it out. It, 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 it almost got there. 
It almost got there. But they had not... Highland Park, in the first half, converted, like, at least four third and, like, 17-plus. Like, long, long thirds. And, like, they had already dug in the bag... They'd already they'd already come into um, like a variety like they'd already they'd already done a variety of trick plays and stuff like that, and they'd all worked because it's Highland Park mm-hmm. and they're good at that kind of stuff. But like I was like they had not the other side of it they had not come close to getting Geyer off the field, and Geyer yeah. was roll that off. They were cooking, yeah. They were cooking. They scored on all eight of their possessions, and they looked every bit the part of a state championship contender. South Oak Cliff and Lovejoy. You were at this game. No, I watched it online. Oh. I was I was watching it on uh, Texan Live. Mm. What a great broadcast we what had. What a great Texan broadcast. Yeah. Um, I was very impressed with South Oak Cliff and their um, all of a sudden offensive explosion in that game. They just Boy, they lined up and said, we're just going to play bully ball, and I think that that works. That's what you mentioned on the show. You said they just need to line up and run the ball. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they did. They ran, they, they went for 550, like, like total. Yeah. And – Looked the part, and I don't know. There were some really interesting. Um, there were some really interesting like quotes from uh, from. I don't know if you read the Dallas Morning News article. Uh, from uh, uh, there were some really interesting quotes from Coach Todd afterwards. He's like, "We all saw that nobody in the Morning News picked us, and that's fine, you know, whatever." And then he said something along the lines of, "With Mansfield Summit, he goes, we thought Mansfield Summit was the best team in the region." He's like, "The way that like they, the, yeah. as far as matching up with us up front." That's what I I was told off the record. Mm-hmm. That's basically what, yeah. At that up front, and sure enough, they were able to they were able to play a little bully ball with, with Lovejoy. That game got squirrely late. Um, I don't, I don't know if yeah. I put a ton of stuff. Now we'll say no. I think, no I, think, one, I think South Oak Cliff's bad at recovering onside kicks. Yeah, no, no one <laughs> of the morning news picks South Oak Cliff, but I believe we both picked South Oak Cliff I to win that that's game. Correct. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Waco Conley and Hampshire Finette. Shout out Hampshire Finette through yeah. the semi regional semifinals first time since '91, I think. Yeah, you know Waco Conley, you know. I I don't know what to think of them because they have a lot of frontline talent and yet they seem to kind of always stumble right second round of the playoffs is kind of their ceiling and I just yeah. don't, I don't understand it. That's it's yeah a little disappointing but um but yeah anyway uh, Cisco and Stratford a rock fight fourteen eight <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a very Cisco Stratford game yeah and it was it Str- was Cisco gets the win. It's cold too. PSJ North and Corpus Christi Miller. I guess, I guess a split decision, but I would say overall a great week for the Valley. Yeah, with Harlan's and San Benito, uh-huh. Brownsville Vets and PSJ North beating out of out of Valley competition. Yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, Corp- shout out Corpus Christi Vets, who like they came up with the they came up with the big game, like the big defensive plays, the key moments. I think Vela's going to look back and feel like they let one get away. Yeah, they held Corpus Christi Vets to 14 points. Yeah. You know, you feel like you should win that game. So, mm-hmm. I, I picked a Valley split, but Valley Corpus split in 5A, and it just flipped the results. Flipped. You know, P- PSJ North was impressive. That is a really impressive was a statement win for the Raiders over Corpus Christi Miller. Everybody was wondering, can well, they handle Corpus right. Christi Miller's speed? In let me ask you a question, because you're the only one on the staff who didn't pick uh, PSJ North or Vela to win mm-hmm. the region. Who's your favorite region for? PSJ North. Cal Allen and uh, Davenport. Cal Allen kind of Cal Allen them. Yeah, Davenport hung around, mm-hmm. but, you know, Cal Allen in the end. Yeah. they are. They Playoff are, experience came through. They are different. Amarillo Tascosa and Burleson Centennial. I was at this game, and this you was are. a bloodletting. Burleson Centennial from from the jump absolutely dominated Tascosa. This was not close. Yes, he was. It, it was. That was very impressive uh, from them. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, Humble Summer Creek and Alvin Shadow Creek. I hate to say that we called exactly what this game was going to be about. You called it. I picked Shadow Creek to win. You but got this one right. This was a this was a referendum on twenty three six A versus twenty one six A. And twenty one six A wins. And they've got still got all, all four, four yeah. all four for, for cooking. Anna and Stephenville. It's a great game. Great. This is one that I missed. I thought Stephenville's uh, playoff pedigree would come through, mm-hmm. and Anna won a close one. Man, it, didn't, they did. it didn't matter. Anna. And really, what I watched a good portion of this game on my tablet during uh, while the Everman game was going on. And I just I felt like Anna, from basically early on I felt like Anna was the better I thought Stephenville had kind of was doing good just to hang around, mm-hmm. and they squirreled away and took took a lead late and Anna went back down and scored and took and won the game so uh, credit to Anna they got a tough one this week but that was that was a huge win for them knocking over knocking off the defending state champs I want to look something up uh, because you know this is obviously we we lose another state champion that's we lost Stratford and we lost uh, Stephenville this week. Um, and allow me to inform you that Stephenville lost three games by a combined four points. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's tough. That is uh, brutal, brutal, brutal. It's brutal. very tough. Mm-hmm. Okay, tough way to end for for the Jackets. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Lano and Goliad, twenty-one nothing. It wasn't a one-score game like I thought it was, yeah. but Goliad mucked it up. And, yeah, like you, you know. we kind of thought Goliad had a chance to muck it up, yeah. and Universal City Randolph mucked it up with with Edna mm-hmm. on Thursday night. So yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some know, physical. I, I think we're people. careening towards Edna, Edna, and, and Lamo. I mean Lano. Ooh. Don't tell Pickle. She doesn't listen to this podcast. No, anyway. and if she, she does, she's going to text you right now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anything else from region from regional semifinals before we get on to? Oh, I'm sorry, from the area before we get on to regional. Semifinals? Uh. You know, sad Friday night. Sad, sad oh, for the for the my Everman Bulldogs. I was so disappointed. Hard. You know, and pickles, pickles, Yellow Jackets are now the last one left out of all of us, and so she's she's dunking on all of us today. So you yeah, know, I know she's the last one. It was left. a it was a a good week. Uh, it, it was a a good area around. I think now is really when when things start to get. I just, I just wish there were a few more Saturday games, guys. You know, schedule know. a couple, like spread the love a little bit here. Like I, you know, Let's I see. know you don't want to play on Saturday. We got five. We only have five games on Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, there's in UIL eleven man. There's seventy five games on Friday. When's the last one? When's the last game on Friday? <sighs> uh, Saturday, on Saturday, rather. On Saturday, I think the everything. I think the last kickoff is the the two three o'clock kickoffs. There's not a six. No, there's uh. I don't hate getting the brackets done, but that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't think – I know there's uh, – so I'll be at Westfield on Waxahachie, which is a 2 o'clock kickoff. And then I think uh, Duncanville and the Woodlands are 3 o'clock. I think that's it, yeah. And, and the th- 3 o'clock game I think is North Crowley and Prosper mm-hmm. at, uh, at AT&T. I'm trying to just double-check in real quick to make sure. Uh, yeah, because Geyer and Byron Nelson's mm-hmm. at 2 o'clock. Duncanville, the Woodlands is at 3 um, Louisville Keller's at 11, Prosper North Crowley's at 3, and Westfield and Wauxhatchee's at 2. So, yeah, the last game kicks off at 3, so we'll have the brackets done pretty early on Saturday. It's time for your regional semifinal game drafts. If this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. This is our, this is our penultimate game draft because we'll do one for the regional finals. But mm-hmm. then for semifinals, we will just uh, talk about them all. Talk about them all. Yeah. Uh, if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Where have you been? Uh, here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in. Uh, once it's picked, it's off the board. We can do any of the 88 UIL 11-man games, or if you want to do a private school game, you're welcome to it. Uh, once picked off the go- board, we'll go five rounds before we hear about Matt Stepp's Country Meets Tour of Texas. We'll hear all about that coming up from a Had a coin flip before the show. I won the coin flip, which means I get pick 1-1. One, one. Dang it. 
And with 1-1, one, one, I'm taking 1-2. 6 o'clock. Look at you. Friday night at Lobo Stadium in Longview, Texas. Home of our friend John King, who's very mad that we're not going to be out there because we're, we're going we're gonna to be calling the game, but we – Pull back the curtain entirely. <laughs> we we call the game remotely. We call the game. <coughs> so anyway, did he call you a choice word or two? I am not at liberty to discuss that. <laughs> Still smarting. It is the number one ranked unbeaten Carthage Bulldogs and the number two ranked unbeaten Gilmer Buckeyes in a four A Division two regional semifinal match in a game that we probably could have predicted on February 9th or whatever the day that realignment came out, right? Yeah, I think we saw this one coming. <laughs> so let's talk a minute about this Carthage team because at, this might be really and truly – I need to run back the tape. I'm not sure we've previewed a Carthage game this year. Maybe, maybe when they played like Rusk. Or Kilgore early in the year maybe. Maybe. But like we haven't talked a ton about them. And um, it is with a heavy heart that I announce that Carthage is back on their – on their bullsh. bullsh, yeah, they are back on it, folks. If you thought G- Gabe Brooks has been sending the sea quite often if, this year, if you thought that last year was the new normal, like when they bow out in the in the regional semifinals, and like, oh man, like they're vulnerable, y'all. Anything but this year. So their offense, this is true. Last year was the first time since 2016 that they averaged fewer than 40 points a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're up to nearly 52, I think, this year. They are. That offense is frightening. And they're they're taking their foot off the gas in most games mm-hmm. they, this year. Um, so, Connor Cuff is back at quarterback, and he's ju- he's a Scott Surratt quarterback. I mean, he's just he's built in a lab. He's got the measurables. He makes every throw. He makes he make you know the other thing about him is that he does not make the throws he shouldn't. Which is a, a, that's a, that's a Scott Surratt quarterback like mm-hmm. don't put the ball in danger. Yeah. And and they, he looks the part. Got two monstrous running backs on the outside, or, or, or wide receivers on the outside. Yep. Noah, Noah Patty and Montrell Hatton. Um, and by the way, their defense has been really, really, really. He's good. Got two really good running backs too. One of them's a freshman. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I know. Huh. Okay. Great news, everybody. Carthage has got a freshman. So here's here's Gilmer. <coughs> Gilmer's a super good team. Gilmer's an exceptional team, and Gilmer's a different team than they have been in past years. Because you know what they're doing, Matt Step. They are establishing it. Establish it. Hashtag establish it. They're establishing the run. Yes, they are. They're running the ball like 70% of the time. Ashton Haynes, Will Henderson, big offensive line. They're grinding out. Now, part of it is that they've needed to because they've got a sophomore quarterback back there in Caden Tennyson. Yeah, they're, they're easing him into the role. They're easing him into the role. They don't yeah. want to put too much on his plate. The other thing is they're just really good at it. Um, now there is a giant. They're they're exceptional running the ball, and they've run. They have played. Hmm, I'm comfortable saying they played a tougher schedule. They played. They ran through a hellacious non-district. They beat uh, Chapel Hill and Kilgore to open the season. Yeah, they did. And they played Paris. They played. They played a very tough schedule. Okay, this team is battle. Pleasant tested. Grove. They gave a win over Pleasant Grove mm-hmm. in, in district. I mean, they are they are battle tested, right? There is an elephant in the room, and that is the status of Caden Tennyson. Caden Tennyson did not play last week against Gainesville. Here's what I know. They they held him out of the game last week. 
part, at least in part, because he didn't practice. Now, why didn't he practice? We can certainly have a conversation about what, mm-hmm. where, where, whether or not he could have. But this is, I, I, from what I understand, this is going to be more or less like a day-to-day, close to a game-time decision for Caden Tennyson. Yeah. We'll find out. Last week, what they did against Gainesville, when they looked great, they put Rowan Fluellen back there, and he threw the ball a little bit, but essentially they ran a lot of wildcat. Mm-hmm. And then he handed it off to the two to running the backs. Two running backs, yeah. and they hung and they hung sixty <laughs> on Gainesville, right? Yeah. This is also like, I wonder if Gilmer looked at what China Spring did this time last year, mm-hmm. this week last year, where they just ran it at Carthage, ran it at him, controlled the clock, made a couple of plays defensively, and beat him. Yeah. I wonder if they think. That's the way that's the that's blueprint. The because the other thing about this is that Carthage has owned Gilmer, owned them. Yeah, haven't beaten them since 2015. Uh, I, I know it's seven, seven in a row. I think it was 2014 when they uh, last won. Whenever it 2014, was. I think they dominated them. So something's got to change. Now maybe the gap's smaller, but this. I'll be honest. I don't know where you attack Carthage. I don't know where their weak part is. Um, they look this. I mean, the dominance they've played with all year. I, I think the key is 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 just trying to make it a game for try, trying to hang in the game for four quarters yeah. and try to see if you can make make Carthage sweat mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter and see how they respond to it. These um, Carthage has just mowed through people. Their best win is probably. Jeez. Marshall. Marshall, 5A team. I mean, it's a Marshall good, or Kilgore. Marshall or Kilgore. And they dispatched with them with ease. Yes. But that was also three months ago. Mm-hmm. So how do they handle being punched in the mouth? I do think that there's a, there's, a certain, there's a certain possibility that Gilmer is able to go on long, sustained drives, limit the number of possessions, come up with a couple of turnovers, and win a game 35-28. But – I also think there's a fair chance that if they turn the ball over twice and they're minus two in the turnover margin, mm-hmm. this game gets away from them early and then they have to start chasing. And if they don't, and that's when if you don't have Caden, that's when it gets ugly. And they, because because there is maybe no team in Texas that smells blood in the water like Carthage does. Yeah. Because when they when when you're a wounded animal, they pounce. Mm-hmm. I think the onus is on Gilmer to be able to to be able to run the ball. And if they're able to run the ball, it's game on. But if they're not able to run the ball, I don't love their plan B. Kind of I don't think there's a plan B. I think if you get into obvious passing situations against Carthage and that, that D-line gets to tee off, it's just not going to be good. So. And that, that, then we're not even talking. We already mentioned Carthage. I mean, that's just not to mention Gilmer's also defense is going to have to play the game of their lives to try to slow down this Carthage offense. It's doable. It's yeah. doable. The computer has this a seven-point game. Um. I like Carthage. I'm picking Carthage because I am picking Scott Surratt. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just be wrong. Yeah. You know, um, but it's doable for Gilmer. I'll be very surprised if this is within two touchdowns. Okay. You can watch it on Bally Sports Southwest, by the way. You can. Please do. Um, and uh, Greg Tepper on the color. It'll be Craigway, Greg Tepper, and Paige Schnorbach Got on a, the call. So. Two professionals and a jack wagon on that broadcast. Don't call Paige a jack wagon. You know. What is your first pick, Matthew? Let's go 3 o'clock Friday at Pennington Field in Bedford for a matchup of unbeatens as the 12-0 Timberview Wolves take on the 12-0 Frisco Reedy Lions. And 
if you're Frisco Reedy, you're kind of having the look of, of that damn team right there's now. There's some Team of Destiny vibes with Reedy. There's, 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 <laughs> there's some TCU vibes there. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of they just find, find a, way. a way. So last week against Lancaster, a really good Lancaster team, Reedy decides to dig themselves a 21 nothing hole. And, and I, I legit just stopped paying attention. Yeah. And then they're down 21 nothing, so they, they, they haul off and right, right before halftime, return the ensuing kickoff for a touchdown. Like, okay, it's 21-7. Maybe there's a chance. You know, offense still needs to do something. Well, Reedy's offense never really did anything. But, you know, two pick sixes and then a third interception that set up a 15-yard field for the other touchdown. All of a sudden, Reedy finds themselves in overtime, tied at 27 with Lancaster. And they get a stop on defense, and they kick a field goal and stun Lancaster 30-27 to in, in a really epic comeback. If you, if you pulled up the box score of that game – I. I don't know if Reedy had 200 yards of offense on the night. Let me see. Oh, I mean, you keep talking. I'll tell you. But, I mean, they found a way to win with, with you know, and that's kind of what they've done all year. You the know, bracket does not ask for details, my friend. No. I mean, <laughs> you look back in the regular season when they blocked that punt against Heritage to win the game. They're, they're just finding ways to win football games, and that says a lot about Chad Cole's ball club and, and those kids because they're, they're – they're, They had 190 yards of yeah. offense. And they won against Lancaster. And by the way – Lancaster at four oh two, yeah, and and they they found a way to win. So that, there's something to be said for that. Uh, Timberview, I think we were waiting for them to get that first big test, and they got it last week. They went down to they played in you know, they played Barbers Hill in Cedar Park last week. No, I didn't realize that. So they go out of town to Austin to play Barbers Hill, and for about a half it was close. And then Timberview got that running game going. Jarvis Reed and uh, Javion Madison got them going behind that big physical offensive line, and the Wolves pulled away for a, 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 30, a very solid 35-17 to 17 win over, over Cedar Park. So uh, that was an impressive win for James Brown's ball club just because we wanted to see Timberview what they would do against a quality opponent because the district, let's just be honest, right, it was pretty weak this year. And they got it done. So um, kudos to them for that. Uh, huge test this week at a, at a neutral side against Frisco Reedy. I, I just wonder if the magic for Reedy runs out this week, and if, if we're going to see Timberview getting a regional final. But I'll, this is my one piece of advice for James Brown and the Timberview Wolves. Oh, man. Don't F around with Frisco Reedy. If, if they are in that game late, if it's a one-score game in the fourth quarter. If this game is decided by seven points, I know who's winning. Yeah. That, like, I think if you if you're up on Reedy, you have got to step on their throats. Keep punching because they they're they're gonna they're they're gonna they're just they're gonna squirrel around and, and win win a game they're not supposed to. They've done they've done it several times this year. So um, I like Timberview. I think they find a way to win. But if this this is close late, I'd be real nervous. Keep punching. Absolutely, they are very. It's kind of like how we talk about Highland Park. You know what I mean? Of like mm-hmm. you like you they're not dead until they're dead dead. Yeah. Like yeah. and Reedy, you know. Reedy finds a way, man. They do. They're 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 getting they're getting that team of destiny vibe. And if they win this game, Reedy, huh? well, we'll Reedy, talk about you know possibly match up in Longview next uh, week. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a good pick there, Timberview and Reedy. With my second pick, Matthew, let's go Houston way. Talk more five A football. This time five A Division two, one o'clock Friday at Del Mar Stadium in Houston. Okay, I know where you're going here. As the 12 and 0 Montgomery Lake Creek Lions. Who? The 12 and 0 
Montgomery Lake Creek Lions take on the 11-1 Fort Bend Marshall Buffaloes in a game that this is true. The computer has number one versus number two in the computer rankings. Uh, computer loves Montgomery Lake Creek. Mm-hmm. And I think I know why, Matt. Because they're dominant. I think the reason the computer likes Montgomery Lake Creek is that they score in bunches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are, across all classifications, 11-man classifications, they are the third highest scoring offense in the state. Yeah, they've scored. I mean, they scored 78 last week. and I noticed they hit 80 against Montgomery. They're, they're, just, they're a buzzsaw on offense. They rolled offensively last week against, uh, against Leander Rouse yeah. um, and looked every bit the part of that state championship contender. Ty uh, Ty Byers. Ty Vaughn Byers, I think it's Yeah, name. I think it goes by Ty Ty. You know, I think that's kind of his nickname. Kind of like uh, the Dubar kid at, at Anna. It goes by Breezy. Man, and let me tell you, he is a freak show, okay? They're offense he's just a sophomore, too. He's a sophomore. They're yeah. cr- he, like, the best is yet to come for this Lake Creek team. Their offense has been off the charts. So what happens when they face so that same statistic? Every UIL, uh, every, not UIL, every... 11-man team, they've got the third-best offense. Mm-hmm. Marshall's got the sixth-best defense. Sixth in scoring defense. They're really good defensively. They're so – okay, I watched uh, – we had one of their games on. It was either Texan Live or NFHS Network. And Because I, and I, I, I was like, you know, I haven't watched a ton of, of what Marshall's been able to put down. It was uh, when they were playing Huntsville. I watched like 10 minutes of them against Huntsville. Mm-hmm. And look, Huntsville was an okay team. I'm not making an apples-apples comparison. But, dude, that defense is so fast. That defense is lightning out there. They're so fast. And that's what makes this such a fascinating matchup, is can Lake Creek, for probably, let me look at up another schedule, this is pretty clearly the best defense they've played this year. Now, oh, there's just sure. not a whole lot of better defenses. But, yeah. like, I mean, that win over Angleton is probably their best win right now. Um, but they are, like, the, can the offense find a way past what has been one of the best defenses in the state of Texas in Marshall? That's part of it. The other side is where I am looking at Marshall as the favorite. Because... The other thing I came away really impressed with in that in the, the snippet I watched against Huntsville, Jordan Davis is a dude. Yeah, he's he really is, and he's in command of that offense, man. Mm-hmm. He looks comfortable. He looks like he looks like he's not got a, not a care in the world and knows exactly. He doesn't. I'm not saying he plays casual. I'm saying that he plays in control in everything that he does. When he runs, when he throws, everything. He's a special, special quarterback. He's really – his emergence at quarterback has allowed Marshall to move their um, – the kid who played quarterback last year, mm-hmm. who's a really good athlete, he's committed to University of Houston, to his natural position at wide yeah. receiver. And I, I can't for the life of me think of his name now. Let me see if I uh, But they – I mean, they are a – they're really good offensively, and I, I'm not sure – that I think it's is it Banks? I think is yeah. his last name. That sounds right. Let me see. I think it's is it maybe Jacoby Banks. Yeah, they Jacoby moved him Banks. to receiver. That's exactly. And it's it. made the Fort Bend Marshall offense really dynamic. And then you combine that with 
this I don't know if this Fort Bend Marshall defense has any superstars, but man, they are one through eleven really, really good. They're really good and they're fast, and that's yeah. why I like Marshall. I think they've got the superior that like if if you're talking about let's say it's the Marshall offense or Marshall defense against the Lake Creek offense, let's say that's mm-hmm. a push, right? Both elite units. I think Marshall's got a better offense than Lake Creek has a defense, and that's where I think the advantage is going yeah. to be. That it wouldn't be a surprise. Like this could go a variety of different ways. It could end up being something like twenty-seven to to, to fourteen or something like that, mm-hmm. or it could be a high-scoring affair. But I do think that Marshall comes away with the win. I think that they're a little bit more battle-tested, and I like what they do defensively better. Yeah, I mean Marshall. Marshall's been here before. This is now. I know last year got beaten the first round of playoffs. But this is old hat for them. They. They find ways to get it done. It's They've, a really young Lake Creek team. Yeah, and this is their first real put. Even though maybe, I mean, you know, some of these some of these sophomore these seniors were sophomores when Marshall played for a state championship the last time, mm-hmm. but this coaching staff has been through it as well. Yes. So that's that's kind of what 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 really mm-hmm. keeps me go, keeps me interested in Fort Bend Marshalls the, the experience and the coaching staff in yeah. these big game situations. So I like Fort Bend Marshall and Montgomery Lake Creek. What is your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to go small schools. Small school step. Real small. Ooh. 7 o'clock Friday at the beautiful Tomato Bowl in Jacksonville, Texas. Mm-hmm. As the number one ranked and unbeaten Timson Bears take on the Centerville Tigers in a really fascinating matchup for a couple of reasons. First off, Centerville's really good, number one. Mm-hmm. Really good. Mm-hmm. Second of all, these two played in the regional final last year, and I was there. Mm-hmm. And Centerville was a massive underdog going into that game. And for a half, Paxton Hancock in that ball control offense from Centerville made life miserable for Timpson. Mm-hmm. It was a, I believe, if memory serves correctly, Centerville led 14 to 13 at halftime. Because basically they just said, hey, we're, we're, they just didn't give Timpson the ball. Now, the second half, Timpson, to their credit, especially on the defensive line, made some adjustments and shut Centerville down, pulled away for a pretty lopsided win. Uh, but Centerville comes into this game, they're not going to be in awe of Timpson by any means. No. They've played Crawford. They've played Mart. Those are their two losses. They've got a great win over Corrigan Camden, a blowout win over Corrigan Camden. This is a really, really good Centerville team. And I think the matchup with Timpson's a little bit different this year because Timpson's not as good up front on either side of the ball. I think it's pretty safe to say Timpson's young and inexperienced in, in the trenches. Now, we're in week 13. I don't know if inexperience is, is going to be as much of a factor anymore. So I'll just say I don't think Timpson's as good up front on either side of the ball at this point. Now they do have the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got a, a young man that goes by the name of Terry Bussey. Yeah. Who, He's the Hempson quarterback. Yes, he, he is. And <laughs> let me tell you, he is Terry Bussey is that dude. He is him. And he's capable of putting Timson on his back and just willing him to victories because he is so special mm-hmm. with the football in his hands. Um, he's special on defense too. I mean, he makes a lot of plays on defense. Now he's gonna if he's playing defense this week against Centerville, he's probably gonna be doing a lot of tackling, you know, run support because Centerville. I'll I'll be surprised if Centerville if Centerville throws more than five passes, things have gone horribly wrong mm-hmm. for them. They're gonna try to line up on that big physical offensive line. Paxton Hancock leading the way, and they're just going to try to maul Timpson and keep the limit the possessions, limit their touches, and try to make this a nip-and-tuck game going into the fourth quarter. And I think they can do it. I think they can keep this game very close. 
And also, I didn't mention Timson's also got another guy named Vosky Howard. I mean, those at this, at this level when you have two playmakers like that, you're you're really hard to stop. And I think Centerville knows they can't consistently stop Timson, but if they can limit them to you know, I'd say five five or six possessions for the game, and maybe hope they can stop Timson on one or two of them, they can pull out a win. But but that that game plan requires Centerville to be perfect. Mm-hmm. They they're gonna need a perfect game to beat Timson because I don't know if they can stop. Terry Bussing at Timpson offense. So I think they keep it close. I think Timpson finds a way in the fourth quarter. They 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 get a stop on Centerville and find a way to win. You've got two really interesting regional semifinals up there in Region 3. Like for a region that we've all penciled Timpson in as a winner, mm-hmm. between this game and Joaquin Cooper, yeah. like those How are about two. Cooper, the, the Bulldogs are into the third round for the first time in a while, and oh, they're, yeah. undefe- they're very quietly a 12 0 team. Yes, they have been rolling. I think they got a great shot against Joaquin this week, too. Um, and on Timpson, they are not um, – how do I want to put this? They are not um, impenetrable. They are not unbeatable. They have shown – Yes. They have shown flaws. Against Joaquin and Garrison, most yeah. notably. So now, they, they also have shown they can blow out Dangerfield, who's still playing. In, in Beckville. The, and and yeah. I think they blew out Jefferson, too, a yeah. Division One team in 3A. Mm-hmm. So – they have shown they can do that too. So, so it's 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 a uh, Timson's a little bit more of a roller coaster ride this yeah, year. Yeah, they are absolutely. All right, Matthew, I'm going to let's see where is this game? There we go. Oh, okay. Let's go seven o'clock Friday night to Randall Reed Stadium in New Caney mm. in a four A Division One showdown. As the ten and two Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs take on the eleven and one Lumberton Raiders, and this is where uh, I have gone out on a limb from the Dave Campbell staff uh, because this is kind of the moment where I've I kind of dif- differentiate myself from you guys. This is the, we talked at length about Chapel Hill. The playmakers they've got, Ricky Stewart has been fantastic. Uh, uh, Demetrius Brisbane, their quarterback, mm. stepped up in big way. The offense, the offense. Deuce McGregor, Tyson Berry. There's the name. The list goes on and on. The offense, after some early early fits and starts, has really blossomed. It really has blossomed, and there's a lot to like about this Chapel Hill team. Now here's Lumberton. Now Lumberton is a team that I have been on for a minute. Because I think they play a brand of football that in Region 3 can win. And that is, they play a big, physical brand of football. They do. They want to, they want to mash you. They, they play for a D1. They play like a Region 4 team. Mm-hmm. Like, they play like a Region 4 team where they want to, they want to line up and they want to just kind of mow you down. Okay, their offense has been really good this year, but but the real like the the real headliner for them is their defense. Their defense has been very strong all year long. They've, they've given up you know, 18 points a game, and their defense I think has been very consistent this year. We you know what they're getting, and furthermore, you know what you're getting offensively. You're going to get a snoot full of Lucas Powell, and then they're going to they're going to pull or and they're gonna, at the quarterback spot, and then they've got Jaden Ward at the running back spot. Yeah, Jade, if you haven't seen Jaden Ward play, he he's he's a fun running back so to Jayden watch. Jaden Ward is a junior. He is listed at five seven two oh five. 
That kid's 225, easy. That kid is... He's a bowling ball. He's thick with two Cs. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. He's a thick running back. Yes. And he's a problem back there. They are a physical football club. Physical football team. And they're going to try to punch... They're going to try to punch Chapel Hill in the mouth. No doubt. See how they respond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does the youth of Chapel Hill show here? That's the question. Because it's been a minute... Basically, since like Kilgore, that they got punched in the mouth. Now they passed that test, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They passed that test, but they are. This is going to be a real interesting stylistic clash here because even though they do throw the ball around with Lucas Powell, a lot of their bread and butter on both sides of winning up front. Yeah, they're really good in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Lumberton's a very good team up front. Here's my concern. And at this point, I got. I don't know if we can keep blaming youth for this for Chapel Hill because mm-hmm. Brisbane is. A sophomore who played, you know, I think he started last year as a freshman, week four. Mm-hmm. He's played a junior. Yeah, he's he started over twenty games now in his high school career. Just, and Ricky Stewart, same. He's been you know twenty games in. The two receivers are seniors, so at some point, Chapel Hill's got to stop shooting themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. They got to stop with the self-inflicted wounds. They had four turnovers last week. And missed two field goals as well. Mm-hmm. How many points does Chapel Hill score? And they still scored 38 on Bay City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they can't keep getting away with that. They no. got to play. Got to clean it up. Clean. And I don't know if they can get away with it this week. If they turn the ball over four times and miss two field Lumberton's goals, good enough to beat them. they're going to be. They're going to lose to Lumberton. They've got to play a clean game. Yep. And so that's that's the key. That's that's what I'm interested to see. Chapel Hill plays a clean game. I think they win the football game. I think they're a better team. But if they cheddar bob themselves and, and just take the gun and you know Plaxico Burris and just shoot themselves, then it's it's game on. And Lumberton's more than capable of beating them. So that's the, that's what I'm look, looking at in this game. I'm rolling with Lumberton. That was my pre playoff pick. I think it's a, the computer's guy is a pick 'em. Computer's okay. guy is a coin flip game. Um, and it's okay if we're on opposite ends of it. It's okay. I'm gonna roll with Lumberton, and we'll see. I'll probably be wrong, but I'll be I'll be wrong on my own merits. I guess I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Anyway, I like that. I like uh, Chapel Hill and Lumberton. What's your third pick, Matthew? Six o'clock Friday at Cougar Stadium in New Braunfels. The late Travis Cavaliers mm. taking on the San Antonio Brennan Bears. <clears throat> and this question has come up the past few years, and it's coming up again. Can anyone in San Antonio beat Lake Travis or Westlake? It's the reign of terror. <laughs> and it almost happened last week. Steel, a very young God. Steel team, almost came back. Oh, and, my God. And Lake Travis said, nope, we're just going to rip your heart out with the field goal on the last play of the game to win 24-21. They, they, they just... They just keep doing it to him. Yeah. I mean, I watched the fourth, a good portion of that game, and Steele had all the momentum. And late Travis, in, in crunch time, found ways to make plays. I mean, Caden Leon, uh, Nico Hamilton, the running back, the 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 big tight end, Sam Self, great player for, for the Cavs. He is a great player, man. Um, the one concern about late Travis going in this game is they're a little beat up, especially along the defensive line. Interested to see if they get those guys back because if not, I think Brennan can score on them. Brennan is a flamethrower on the offensive side of the ball. Ashton Dubose has three-year starter, has just been putting up great numbers for his entire career in San Antonio, and a feather in his cap for his career would be knocking off late Travis. Dude, they might build him a statue if they beat yeah. late Travis. Um, he last last week they they go down to Los Fresnos on Thursday, and it's on it's on the road. 
it's rainy, it's cold in the valley, the band's not there, it's kind of a, a dead atmosphere for them, and they kind of played with their food a little bit against Los Fresnos, but they, it, even though they played with their food, they still won 42-7. to seven. Right. So, they did what they needed to do. They're going to have to play a clean game this week. There, there, there are some commonalities. They played Steel in, the week, in week one, lost by one in a classic game there at the Alamo Dome. Steele and Lake Travis, obviously looking back on it now, pretty evenly matched team. So I think Brennan is right there with Lake Travis. The key for Brennan is going to be their defense. I think Brennan's going to score on Lake Travis. Can their defense stop the running game from Lake Travis? Is going to be the because Lake Travis is is a run heavy team this year. They're they're not the Lake right. Travis that you you know and love. That's five wide and, and slinging it around. They're, they're they're a much more run heavy team this year. So can the Brennan Bears defense, especially up front, hold up? get Lake Travis off the field and give the ball back to their offense. If they do that, I think they win. But I ain't picking a San Antonio team against Lake Travis or Austin Westlake. Can't Just it. can't do it. Can't do it. Give me Lake Travis. Did you know, this is a courtesy of our friend Jay Plotkin, Lake Travis is now 7-0 and all time when facing a team a second time in the same season. Really? I've never lost. 7-0. and Pretty that's crazy. A, that's a Jay Plotkin stat right there. You there you go. There's a little Jay Plotkin stat. Um, I'm with you entirely – I think I think Brennan has the best player. I think Brennan has the more consistent offense. I think there's ample reason to believe Brennan's going to win this game. And I can't pick him because it's yeah. it's LT or Westlake against San Antonio. Yeah, until until you know, until somebody does it, you, you just can't, you know. You can't do it. The, the streak has just been the, – the narrative has been set here. Yes, and oh, 100%. It's unfortunate for San Antonio 6A football, but – They've been they've become Austin's little brother. Yes, hundred percent. All right, Matthew. Let's go to. I do love Region Two because, just generally speaking, because especially at the baseball level, because it, it has the the strange cross cross regional matchups. Oh, there's some cross pollination for sure. Three o'clock Saturday at the P Field in Pflugerville. I believe the last game to kick off of the year of the of the of the, of the week. Three o'clock. Yes. As the Duncanville Panthers take on the Woodlands Highlanders, and uh, a moment to marvel at what what the hell has gotten into the Woodlands? Man, they're playing. This is the this is the remember preseason we were we were talking about the Woodlands we were and how good really we, bullish on them. And then North Shore in one half said uh, swatted them out. The, and we kind of forgot about the Woodlands after that. Mm-hmm. You know, when North Shore we were st- we were standing there on the sidelines and. And it does, here's the crazy thing, Tepper. That, this was three months ago. It doesn't feel like three months ago we were standing on the sidelines in Beckville. Yes. And three months ago we we're standing on the sidelines in Beckville, and we look at our phones, and we see the North Shore up 42 nothing on the Woodlands in the second quarter. And we pretty much haven't talked about the Woodlands nope. very much since then. And then they lost to New Caney by a touchdown, and then we are like, all right, well. Well, now definitely not. And okay, all of a sudden. I don't know. Like – their offense rolled up nearly 600 yards of total offense last week yeah. against Klein Kane, who's not bad. A really good. I think Klein Kane was 10 and one going into that game. They were up 45 <coughs> seven and a half. Yeah, Mabry Matower, Quanell Farrakhan, they are. They're dynamic. Rolling offensively. Yeah, they're. It, it was, I looked at the score. I, I had to double take when I saw the score. Dude, and it was like 28 nothing. I was like, what the hell is going on? So a white hot offense. Let's talk about a fire extinguisher, which is the Duncanville defense. The Duncanville defense has been 
just exceptional all year long, and I don't probably don't need to tell you that. But their defense is especially good right now. Just, like, especially good. Um, you know, they gave up those, like, they gave up 28 to Cedar Hill. A lot of those were in the garbage time. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know how many competitive points they've given up this year. Like, like as far as, like, within striking distance. Yeah. South Oak Cliff in the first game. Mm-hmm. Give 10. Walks at you was competitive with them. 24-7, yeah. And I think... I think Brian may have scored in the opening drive of the game in the first round. But that's the thing, is yeah. that when they've struggled, it's been because their offense has just like not really found its footing. Like 21-10 or 23-10 against South Oak Cliff, 24-7 against Waxahachie, right? Mm-hmm. Even like DeSoto, 41-17, even though Caden Durham went nuts. The defense has not been an issue. They are – they have just got dudes over there who are erasers. They are just – yeah. Whatever you want to do, it's just a non-starter for them. And it starts up front. Their front is just stupid. Colin Simmons and company, they yeah. just they blow you up. They blow up anything you're trying to do. There's a D-tackle they have. I can't think of his name right now. And I don't think he's like a – like he's actually one of the ones who's not really high, highly – I think he's an inch or two too short. But I noticed him in the South Oak Cliff game. And every game I watch, he just he, – he's unblockable in the interior of the defensive line. I think he's number 58. And so that's the challenge for the Woodlands. The Woodlands is to find is to take this white hot offense and point it at what has just been a brick wall and see what yeah. happens. The other the other side of it is probably going to be I think a problem for the Woodlands because as long as Caden Durham's out there, I think they're going to have a I'm going to I think they're going to have a noticeable and clear advantage in the trenches. And that's where the game's going to be won ultimately, and why I like Duncan. And what makes Duncanville scarier is they're throwing the Todd Peterman, the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. C- Coach Samples is letting Peterman cook, and he's calling some. And they're they're dynamic with those those receivers. Like when Duncanville decides to throw the football, Keelan Russell, man, he's solid. Like Decorian Moore in that receiving core is really really talented as well. So if Duncanville gets to throw in the ball, I, I don't know how you stop them. I know they're, you know. I said it before the playoffs. I think this might be the year for Duncanville. And right now, the th- through two rounds, I'm still feeling really good about that pick. They're looking the part. Uh, interesting test this week against a, a, a high-powered yeah. Woodlands offense. Are they coming for you? They heard what I said. Yeah. Um, I, I like I like Duncanville in this one. But I do think it's an interesting test for this defense. Louisville Fire Department waiting for us to pick the Louisville game. That's exactly right. What is your fourth pick, Matthew? Matthew? Your name, right? Let's go Friday, five o'clock. Well, it's a lot of Friday. Uh, most of our games Friday. are on Friday. Five o'clock Friday, in the Concho Valley, mm-hmm. San Angelo Stadium, as back, unbeaten Wink takes on the red hot Albany Lions in a game that we might we think might decide the Region Two title. Now Collinsville, Collinsville. may have something to say about that, but these these two are, are in the mix and. Wink was my pre pre playoff pick to win region two, and in the preseason we picked Albany to win the region. I think Albany was our state title pick. Mm-hmm. Um, for Wink last week, they took they had a really tough test last week playing Santo in the cold. Santo runs the wishbone. They they control the clock. They, I think Santo had like an eleven minute drive in the first half. Um, they just want to keep the football away from you. And for a half, they 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 did a great job of Wink. Now Wink pulls away for a thirty five nineteen win. Uh, Cannon Gibson. Uh, what you know, as usual, had a monster game. Two hundred sixty-seven yards of offense and four touchdowns. 
Jordan Talley, their big receiver. Did you see that one-handed catch he made for a touchdown on the highlights? Unbelievable. Oh gosh, yes. He's he's a special talent, and, and Wink Wink has has you know teams from that far out west typically. Um, this is you know second and third round is where they struggle. Wink has got some playoff experience. They got to the fourth round a couple of years ago. Third round team last year. They're back in the third round, but th- this test against Albany is is tough because Albany, you know, they had a little slow start as well. They were down ten seven to Munster, and then just you know Denny Face Squad decides to score forty nine in a row and blow Munster away fifty six to ten. Cole Chapman, Coyle Fever, each had a couple of touchdowns rushing. I think this game this game comes down to one thing: can Wink hold up in the trenches? Against Albany, they, Albany's they've got to play their best defensive game yeah, of the year. Albany's really good up front on both sides of the ball. They're going to have the advantage up front against Wink. I think Wink's got the best player in the game. I think Cannon Gibson's the best player yep. on the field. Agreed. But can he offset what the advantage Albany has in the trenches? I think they can. I think Wink's up front is going to have a stalemate or at least keep it competitive, and Gibson's going to make a couple of plays down the stretch. Wink was my preseason pick to win the region. I'm sticking with Wink. Give me the Wildcats and what should be an instant classic. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Albany. I'm going to roll with Denny Faith. I think that they're going to find a way to, to, to win just kind of a slugfest. But I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. I think that – I think you're right. I think this is – you know, Collinsville will have something to say about it. But I do think that right now if you were to put a sports gun to my head, I think the winner of this game wins the region. Um, okay. And who's coming out of region one? 282? Probably Wellington. Might take the winner of this game to make a title game. I would. I think the yeah. I think the region, winner region two is the favorite over yeah. region one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Matt, step for my fifth and final pick, and and just proof what a good good week this is. Duh. Golly, where? Oh man, there's like two games I really like. Oh. Should I do three A or two A? Since I just did two A, do three A. Okay, never mind. Two o'clock, Friday. C.H. Collins Stadium in Denton. Oh, yeah. Can't believe it's on the board. As the Holiday Eagles take on the Bells Panthers in a 3A Division II regional semifinal. We had Bells coach Dale West on the show. Have you seen what he's done to his beard? No, I haven't. He bleached his beard. Oh. It's awesome. Is it? Okay. Shout out Coach West. It's, it's a lot. The question is, does his wife think it's awesome? I have, I'm not at liberty to say. I've never. I've heard, not heard from I've Mrs. Never, West. I've nev- not heard from the lovely Mrs. West. And uh, if she would like to come on, she's welcome. She, th- we, our airways are open to her. Okay. Anytime okay. she wants to come in on her husband. Offer, offer. Who was it? It was Brian Brazel's wife. Yeah. When she had some, she had some takes on his mustache. Mm-hmm. So if you, uh, if you are a fan of uh, football violence, may I direct you to Bells and Holiday? Uh, yes, you can. Region 2 is interesting because, like, there is a favorite, like a clear, clear, clear favorite. Mm -hmm. Gunner's got their hands full this week with unbeaten Palmer. But this is also, I think, a really deep region. It just speaks to how good we, how much we think of Gunner that Mm -hmm. we think there's a clear favorite, right? And this is a perfect example of that. Holiday, Holiday's defense is, I think, really, we haven't talked enough about them. Their defense has been excellent all year long and has rolled through everybody they've seen. They face some pretty high-powered offenses and come away with good wins. And this is a real test of that defense going up against this Bells slot T attack. 
Bells has a variety of different playmakers, Grady Waldrip, Spencer Hines, Brock Baker. That's classic slot T, and they're hard to stop, and they're really good at it. Two weeks in a row they've had three 100-yard rushers. And they play complementary football. Play complementary football. For Holiday, last week, um, they they farted. I'm comfortable saying they farted around against Scurry Rosser. That game was oh yeah, it was ten. Were they down in, in the? It was ten. Se- it was ten nothing early in the first, and then it was ten seven at halftime. And I think it may have been ten seven going into the fourth quarter, or ten yeah. ten. Mm-hmm. And then they stood on the gas and won thirty one ten. The defense was excellent all year long or all game long, but they cannot, cannot, cannot under any circumstances fall behind early because if you fall behind against Bells, you just will not have the ball enough. Like, that's just, they're going to go on these drives that are going to milk clock. So, Holiday can't start slow in this game. They've got to find a way to, to get that offense humming uh, in, in a way it, it much quicker and get it heated up before it did last week, or quicker than it did last week. The defense is going to hold a minute, but a lot of this start, uh, is depending on, on how fast they're able to get that offense rolling. Now, Holiday's going to keep the ball on the ground for the most part as well. Tyrese Polite and, and Kaysen Yao, they throw the ball a little bit with Peyton Marshawn, but, but they ultimately want to run the ball. Great offensive li- and defensive line play in this game. Do you think that 27 points wins this game? It's going to come real close. Yeah, I think... I don't know if both teams make it to 20. I'll be honest. See... Sometimes the slot T just erupts, though. That's true. And this big play, it, they just start gashing you with huge play. Holiday is more of a plotting uh-huh. four or five yards pop kind of team, where I think if the slot T gets rolling, they start gashing you for big play after big play. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's that's kind of my, my fear. I, I feel like if it gets above 27, it's it's definitely favors Bells. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I think where if it's if it's in the in the low 20s, you know, teens, I mean, that's heck, more of a holiday. Holiday won a game earlier this year 3 nothing. Yeah, Holiday Holiday in two of the last 3 weeks has has concerned me. Yeah. I'm going to roll with Bells. I think they're the, I am I too actually. I think they're playing better right now. Yeah. Uh and they'd get a rematch with Gunner presumably. I'm taking Gunner over Palmer. I don't want to speak for you. But I will say that that was a close game the first time they played, Gunner mm-hmm. Gunner and Bells, and it's hard to beat a good team twice. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, my third pick is, or fifth pick is uh, is uh, Holiday and Bells. What was your fifth and final pick, Matthew? Man, there's still some good games on the board. Can I tell you which game I was going to take? Sure. Chilton and Burton. Yeah, that's Battle of Unbeatens. <sighs> How about seven o'clock Friday at SciFair SCU Stadium? Really good 6A Division One matchup in Region 3 as the oh, Ridgepoint yeah. Panthers take on the Itasca City Eagles in a little bit of a budding playoff rivalry here. This is the third straight year these two have played in, th- in this round of the playoffs. Might be the third straight year they've played at Cy Fair. Uh, no, I think they went home and home, I think. I know in 2020, uh, Ridgepoint went to Turner and beat Itasca City. Oh, okay. Was that the COVID year, yeah. Well, I presume the um, they returned with them. Yeah, so... Just makes sense geographically from place. For sure, yeah. This year, this year is kind of splitting the difference. I'll tell you this: um, I'm feeling better about Atascosita. The pick to, for Atascosita to win the region after last week with North Shore mm-hmm. kind of struggling with Dickinson a little bit, and Atascosita hitting the gas and blowing Clear Springs away. Mm. Okay, we'll, we'll finish your point, and then I'll come back to that. Feeling better about that pick. Zion Brown 
if Zion Brown's going to throw for 287 yards and two touchdowns, Tascosita is real hard to stop because they've got the running back in Blaylock. They're good up front of the offensive line of the ball. They've got the defense. Tascosita's defense has been great all year. Mm-hmm. They continue to play well. Brown also ran for 112 yards. If they're going to have that dual threat, and they're, they're, the question with Tascosita has been all year, can they throw the football consistently? And they've been able to do it at least the last couple of weeks. Rich Point has won two playoff games by a combined six points. Yes, they have. They have. They've gotten away with it. They in tough, tough first two rounds, no doubt about it. I mean, Houston Lamar was a really good team, and Rich Point won a fourteen to ten slugfest with the Texans last week. But I don't know if Rich Point can do it for a third straight week. You're at this is a gauntlet they're having to run here, and I, I just wonder if they can if they can get it done this week. I, I think a Tascosita, I think they kind of blow them away. I think I think a Tascosita. Mm. Makes a statement this week, puts the gas to Ridge Point, puts this one away early, and gets themselves ready for North Shore. This is going to be I mean, a task to see. On paper, this is a great game, but I think a task to see that makes a statement this week. Okay. So let's have a conversation then. Um, because you, and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about a potential North Shore. And a, nor, now, by the way, North Shore's got their hands full of Cinco this week. Yeah, Cinco just beat Cypher. Cinco's not a bad team, and I'll keep that, keep that, uh, you know, keep that around. But I would say that I look at North Shore, and you're looking at them as like, like they have, they have, their offense has had off days. They had an off day against Summer Creek, they had an off day last week against Dickinson. But, bro, if that offense is about to wake up, if, if, DeAndre Hardman and uh, Johnson, Rashad, Rashad Johnson, Johnson, yeah, are going to run for two sixty a game. Uh, that looks like North Shore early in the season when they were really just yes. destroying people. Yes, so that is kind of keep an eye. I don't know. We'll talk about it next week. That's that's for that's for another. And by the way, who's who? Do they have Amador quarterback still? No, they they moved Amador back to receiver yeah. and moved the the uh, another sophomore to quarterback. I can't think of his name now. I think his first name is Evan something. So but yeah. Anyway. It's hard to tell because you can't get box scores in the Houston Chronicle. That's good. That is our week, our regional semifinal draft. I took Carthage and Gilmore, Fort Bend, Marshall, and uh, Montgomery Lake Creek. Tyler Chapel Hill and Lumberton, Duncanville and the Woodlands, and Bells and Holiday. Step took Mansfield, Timberview, Frisco, Reedy, Timpson, and Centerville, Lake Travis, and San Antonio, Brennan, Wink, and Albany, and Ridgepoint and Atascocita. A lot of other good games on the board. A lot of really good games on the board, um, including... Let's see. One of my highest. We're gonna do Chilton Burton. Chilton Burton. Um, are you buying Summer Creek giving Katie trouble? They did last year. Salina Anna rematch. Liberty Hill Alamo Heights rematch. You think? And you've been you've been riding I, with the mules. I've been high on Al- I think Alamo Heights gets it done. Uh, Byron Nelson Geyer. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's another great game. Dripping Springs Harlingen. Uh huh. It's uh, the third round. I mean, it's all just, right. All right. All right. Let me throw this out there. Here's here's. I think because there's another rematch of Salina Anna. That's a rematch. Mm-hmm. I think Midlothian can get Alito. I'm not predicting it. I think they can too. I think they can do it. Though. Yeah, so, I think they can. Anyway, that last night played Midlothian took them to overtime, and I think Midlothian's better than that team, and I think I don't think Alito's as good as that team. There's some there's some bonus coverage here. Yeah, on top and step. And now start getting that with the few yeah. and fewer games. Oh yeah, I know. And now it's time for. Matt Stepp's regional semifinal road trip presented by our friends at Country Meats. Special shout out to our sponsor, Country Meats. They handcraft delicious, healthier snacks and help groups and teams 
easily raise money with 12 delicious flavors to choose from. Reach your fundraising goals fast and order yours at countrymeats.com. Use discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. Country Meats, approved in El Campo. Is that true? Well, you know what El Campo stands for in Spanish. The it's the, camp. Con- the country. Oh, I thought it was the camp. Uh, Carl, I think it's the country. I'm sure it is. But El Campo's country either way. So, so. where are you going Thursday, Matthew? What are you going to do? Just like <sighs> Just stare out the window? <laughs> hope the Cowboys don't that don't disappoint me. Who are they playing? Uh, the Giants. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hey, they look, look they looked good. so good Sunday. Now exactly. they're gonna, yeah, they're that gonna, it would be very. I'm not a Cowboys fan. It would be very no. Cowboys for them to like it's, look like the best team in the world on on Sunday and then go out there and lay an egg against it's, the Giants. It, I get emotional because see, you know, I don't really, on college football. I mean, if I if I have a college football team, it's TCU, which they're having a great year. Yeah. But I don't get to watch college because I'm usually I'm busy on yeah. Saturday doing high school stuff. So really, the Cowboys are the only team that I get to sit and watch and get emotionally invested in, mm. and I do. Um, Cowboys Twitter is pretty good. It's almost as good as NBA Twitter, but were not you, quite. Uh, were, you, were your football pants just going crazy yesterday on Sunday? I was pretty fired up. I was pretty excited about the Cowboy game, so it was good. So we'll That's hopefully – They're going to lose this game 27-17. You heard it here, right? They're, they're going to lose in the most Cowboys way ever exactly. probably. But I'll be locked in on Thursday, so yeah. I'll be napping through halftime. Uh, Friday I'll be in the Houston area. Uh First first game at one o'clock at Pridgen Stadium as Fort Bend Hightower takes on C. E. King. Yeah. Should be a inter- it, it's probably not the best early game in Houston. The problem is is the good C. E. King's gonna get them. The good early games in Houston are, are start at two and three o'clock mm-hmm. and they're on the other side of town. And I'm really going to Houston for the nightcap. Trying to get you're trying to get two for one. Yeah. And Which you did last week, by the way, with Centennial and Tesco. Yeah, I pulled that, I pulled that off. Did you I see that? I can't believe it. Yeah, I, Centennial. I went to Centennial Tesco. Did you have a, so, did you have a motorcade? No, <laughs> I, I, I made great time because I left Centennial. So, uh, uh, I left Centennial Tesco. So in which Falls? In what? It was four minutes left in the game. Okay. It was. It was over. It was thirty-one-seven, and T- Centennial had the ball. And they were basically just running the clock out. So it was four forty-five when I walked out. Of the press box, mm-hmm. so I made it to my car about four fifty. I got to Denton at six six oh five. Mm-hmm. I got to three eighty and thirty five, and then it took me about an hour to get from there to Carrollton, which is only about twenty miles. Uh, tracks thirty five E was somebody just, who lives in that part yeah, of the world. It, I understand. Was, yeah, so but I made it. So uh, now the, the doubleheader was going to be tough in Houston because the two and three o'clock games. If there'd have been a better one o'clock game in Houston, like. I was really hoping Hampshire, Fournette, and Cuero would have played at one instead of six, but they're not. So, uh, so one o'clock, CE King and High Tower. Seven, uh, seven o'clock, Friday night at Planet Ford Stadium, on Texan. I think the first game's on Texan Live too, mm-hmm. uh, but for sure this was on Texan Live. Madisonville versus Silsby. Dude, we didn't even mention Madison. What an upset, knocking off Belleville. And to do it that way. Yeah. Now the, I guess guess what Madisonville, your reward is you get another unbeaten team in Belleville. I mean, Silsby. I mean, Silsby after beating Belleville. So you get to deal with Draylon Miller. So they're going to have their hands full this week. Silsby is really, really good. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, I will be in Hutto. My first ever visit to Hutto. Uh, the new stadium, Coach LaPlante, uh, has welcomed me with open arms as Spring Westfield takes on Waxahachie. You haven't been to the new stadium? No, not been to the, the new, new stadium. stadium. The so, house that Brad built. Yes, um, so excited to see the new stadium in yeah, Hutto. That'll be great. I may take a picture. I may, I may go find the hippo. There's a hippo statue, I think. I need to find that yeah. one. 
I mean, I got Paisano Pete and Fort Stockton already. You so, yeah, you're getting uh, so that's only three games this week, just because you know no one else wants to play Saturday. Thanks a lot, guys. A lot, um, so hopefully next week I can get back to you know we'll, we'll have Thursday games next week. Yeah, because the small schools will go back to Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'll get a game on Friday, then I hope I can get two games on Saturday at least. So. Are you uh, are you thinking San Antonio maybe the move for Thursday night? <laughs> Uh no, I think San Antonio may be the move next Saturday. I think I think uh, our good friend Carl Padilla is trying to wrangle up at least a doubleheader at the Alamo Dome next Saturday. So I think Thursday we'll keep it local. I'll find a small school, now local relative, right? We may maybe a Region Four game you want to see in Thursday night. There may be two A, yeah, two A Division One Region Four. Game. Maybe it's just tough to pull that off during the week, but you never know. I mean. Never you know, country maybe, meets has got deep pockets. <laughs> I mean, hey, country, you know, the country, the country meet jet. Yeah, if, if country meets wants to send the private jet down, then we'll, the whole crew will go. But but he will go. We'll, we'll all go to San Antonio for Shiner Refurio because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's going to be in San Antonio this year. Sorry, Victoria. Yeah, if country meets wants to send the private jet yeah. over, then the whole DCTF crew will will go mm-hmm. and we'll Uber to the stadium. Yeah, absolutely. and then we'll fly back. Um, so. please watch Valley Sports Southwest on Friday and Saturday. Friday night, six o'clock kick, uh, Carthage and Gilmer. It'll be myself, Craigway, and Paige Schnorbach on the call. And then Saturday night is high school scoreboard live. Uh, Craig's back in the saddle, so good, it'll, be, good. it'll be and all the game. The brackets will be done Saturday brackets night. Will be done. All the games will be done. It'll be like actually be like a really weird score works like we could script it out like three hours in advance yeah 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 because the last games will have wrapped up at the latest six thirty. 30 yeah so, so make sure you tune in it's gonna do it for us thanks for being dave campbell's text football subscriber step thanks for your courage thank you talk to you next week on Step and Step.